Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast, except for this week. We are a Claim the Sky podcast. I am your most excellent and holy GM, Stace Babcock, and with me today is Samson Davis. Uh, I finished my coffee. Now I need to drink water. So. Boo. Boo. I moved on to energy drink number two. I am not a role model. <laughs> Alex Finn. So do dogs have dark vision like cats? Mm-mm. Oh, good thing I leave the light on in the hallway then. Like when I'm streaming. Or else his little ass might fall down the stairs. Fuck. <laughs> and Daniel Anderlich. I'm trapped on this ship, this living ship with strange alien life forms. Word. <laughs> we are your co-hosts, Dan. Stop calling us that. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Get back in the uh. editing closet, Dan. <laughs> Daniel, what dice are you using today? Oh, I am using some fancy, beautiful metal dice from Die Hard Dice. They are red and orange. They look like flames with shiny gold letter. They are beautiful. If someone else was interested in purchasing those dice, perhaps at a discount, Samson, what could they do? Well, they can go to Die Hard Dice, who makes those aforementioned flamey dice, and they could use our Dicephilia code EXPLORE with an exclamation mark at the end. And they get 10% off their order. A whole ass 10%. Mm-hmm. So do that. Mm-hmm. Please. Please, God, do that. Awesome. And when you guys are listening to this, it'll probably be January. We're not 100% sure if our code will change in January. But if it is, we'll put it on our socials. But it yeah. should be the same. It'll also be in the show notes if you can't get to yes. socials. And the Discord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Discord. Yep. Or wanted.fm slash Discord. But damn. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you, Samson. And of course, this is episode two of our Claim the Sky one shot. So what happened last time? I am going to ask not to be repetitive, Daniel. Mm, I just want to hear you, your specific recap. Okay. It was a combat episode. All right. The end. (laughs) So now, (laughs) (laughs) post-combat. So we we were in a toy store initially getting beat upon. Prince Rugi, Samson's character, got threw out a window. Professor Perilous got shot up real bad. Real bad. Alex's character, even Steven, despite really not wanting to be there and doing their best to try to sneak away, got all the hostages free. There was much battle. Professor Perilous killed a fair number of people. Mm -hmm. The fair? Mm -hmm. Some goons scared away the Shrike, the super speed villain. And most likely killed Minder, the supervillain that seemed to be leading it. He used his dark energy to do a lot of damage and make sure that she didn't escape. Rugi found a bomb downstairs while everything else was going on. Rugi dug through the earth, came up like a like a mole, and you know, but didn't come up at the right spot, which makes sense because moles don't see very well. And then Steven ran down to help Rugi as Rugi was moving the bomb around using his amazing strength. And then Stephen actually flew into the bomb deep down center as a tiny little wasp to defuse the bomb and defuse the bomb. And then we had a flashback where we got to our sort of shitty to middling introductory base as part of a newest hero franchise. Very importantly, our number is 69420. And we were introduced to a minivan and told that we would be going to the toy store to talk about being a line of action figures 
we were told that there'd be more stuff to discuss. When we got back, we were told nothing could go wrong. And we were told that we would definitely be discussing the 401k plans when we got back. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And we ended on a real cliffhanger, retirement planning. What happens (laughs) Mm -hmm. next? Okay. So, so the flashback ended and we, we go to the next phase in our comic book. We turn the page and we're in a shitty basement storage room. There's a giant hole in the wall, not the one Prince Rugi made, but one made by a gigantic drill, which right now Prince Rugi is fiddling with. Even Steven is somewhere in the vicinity of the bomb. They just frantically diffused. And vomited uh, in. Vomited in. And Professor Perilous kind of leaning against the wall and, and taking a breather. So what do you guys do next? I just thought of a name for our base. Just. Just popping my head. The swole hole? How does that sound? Oh, this is Alex, the person making this noise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh. No? Don't like the swole hole? I think that could work. I mean, it's a very nice and clean phrase, swole hole. I think there's nothing wrong with it. It should discourage unwelcome visitors. Because we're so swole, right? Swole in our hole, yes. Yeah, you got it. Is that is there still that smell of vomit? Yeah, was mentioned last episode. Not the vomit, the kind of smelly, smoky thing. It's fading, but it is strongest where the drill penetrated the wall. Oh, that was a drill. Okay, and the child mannequins are they still there? They are, and in fact, now as you're looking around, you notice uh, other limited franchise runs of action figures featuring such heroes as Doug the Bug. <laughs> Crass in the albatross. <laughs> I feel like my nephew really wanted Duck the Bug last year. So what happens now on the surface? Do we just, like, go home? Do we let the privatized security force? Did we actually ever get our meeting no. about the action figures, or did we just walk in on we this? We walked in on this, I think. Oh, well, maybe we should find the store manager and have a have our meeting. We should have that meeting, because that's how we get paid, right? I think so. I think it's all about merchandising these days. Yeah. And like how we can tell them about the swole hole and how like you can buy our three action figures together and get your own swole hole to put them in. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a good time. That's a good plan. Wait, are we telling people about our secret base? Like We don't have to tell them the exact details. They just have to have a swole hole big enough to fit all three of us. I was gonna take <laughs> that might time. be difficult with uh, Prince Rugi. <laughs> You're going to what? <laughs> I'll go in first, stretch it out. It'll be fine. Um, I don't know what that joke was. Since I am a kind, generous, beneficent person, I'm going to say that this might be a good time to rest, take a little break. I think we were rolling recovery rolls as Maybe well. like 10 yeah. minutes if you can, you know, just thinking about okay, things. Do, yeah. Just do my 10 minutes. Yeah. Is it, are we only going to have like 10 minutes today, so there's like an hour in the offering? Yeah, an hour can be in the offering. Okay, cool. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was ones and twos. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I ended up like, so that's, that was two recovery rolls of which I got a whopping six, no, five back. (laughs) I got eight back for, I barely recovered that mite. Still damage. Damagey. 
And that was just me putting it into intellect. Like, my mind is still dog shit right now. Oh. <laughs> Prince Rugi is fine, so I think Prince Rugi is going to go wander around. Upstairs? Yeah. See what's up. I mean, if you guys are just wandering around the uh, toy store, like, you guys can be doing that for the hour. Like, it it, it, it doesn't, or for part of the hour. Um, but... Yeah, Prince Rugi can go up first, and as you emerge back into the store, you see that um, Asia's security has moved back in, into the store. Uh, there are dozens of officers moving around. There's forensics teams in. You know, they have everything secured. There are guns everywhere. And as you emerge, you see uh, the person who is apparently in charge. She's a tall, blonde woman wearing a gray polo tucked into navy blue tactical pants with a little badge on her belt and she seems to be the one giving direction you do see mr mendoza over in the corner wrapped in a blanket talking to a plane's clothes you assume investigator of some kind rookie will go over to the uh blonde lady the uh aegis captain official yeah captain so she looks you up and down and she says ah you're one of the new ones uh, no, I've been here for a few weeks. Um, hey, we found a bomb. Do you have, uh, do you want us to just take care of that? Or do you want us to just like throw it in a river or something? What do you want done with the bomb? Oh, we will send in our specialists to d- disarm the bomb. Oh, too late. Okay. Too late. Or to, to disassemble the bomb. Oh, hello. Who are you? I'm, uh, Steven. Oh, even Steven. Yes. Uh, I saw your dossier. There just might be a little bit of vomit in that bomb. So bring gloves. <laughs> Are you sure you want to disassemble it? Because we could just take it. I'm sure we can find something to do with it. Disassemble it safely. Professor Perilous, no, we will be taking possession of the bomb. Of course, we have secure storage. We'll we'll take possession of it. We'll store it in our secure vault. You know, we'll we'll dispose of it. Uh, maybe a controlled uh, detonation, whatever needs to sure. happen. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Where is that again? I think I'm not going to tell you where a secure vault is. Well, why aren't we supposed to be here protecting the town? Won't you need our help at some point? Yeah, yeah, you're here protecting the town. Of course you are. Uh, we take care of the day-to-day security. Honestly, there's nothing that really rises to the level of superhero intervention. I, we could have handled this here today. You know, we appreciate the assistance, but going forward, just wait for a call from us before you get involved. All right. I don't know why the Society of Seven keeps sending franchises here. Or, you know, toys. Toy sales are, yes, Yes, we're, we're looking into a line as well. They are profitable. I mean, yeah, that's... It's going to be difficult because you guys all look the same. Like, you're all wearing the same uniform. Like, it's... You get, like, what? Maybe two figures max out of that? Well, I mean, of course, you have, like, your your special response team, security officers. You've got your standard security officers. You know, we have, we have cars. Those are cool. I, I don't know why I'm talking to you about this. Yeah, but, like, unless you start putting little labels on them how are you going to tell who's who it's not a superhero line it's just a first responder line are you sure Ooh, wait a second <sighs> and uh professor perilous says i guess you could try to like you know make your own you know mini based combat game i guess with all of them you know Ooh. you could sell those to people they could you know sell to them undecorated have them paint it themselves what you really need is like the base that clicks the numbers I think people mm-hmm. enjoy like that motion yeah. of clicking. Yeah, it's a good business plan. I mean, you guys should look into that. Thank you for your business advice. Uh, Otherwise, you're just going to end up just like a bunch of little like plastic army men in a bin. Yeah. If you need a model, I can shrink down real small and do some poses. 
You know, I, I'm going to make a mental note of this, but I'm going to be honest. And unless you guys can survive more than a month, I won't be taking business advice from you. Franchises, they come and go all the time here. That's why Aegis Security is here to see to the continued safety, secure and security of beautiful Venture City. Now, I am going to have to ask you to uh, to leave my crime scene. We will reach out to you when it is time for you to be interviewed by one of our investigators. Mm. All right. Why would we need to be investigated? We were here by your invitation. I'm just going to say it. I didn't invite you. What are you talking about? It's for this meeting. Oh, the store invited yeah. us. Well, your meeting's been postponed. I would come back. I would reach out to your point of contact and try to come back tomorrow or the next day. Mm. Yeah. Hey, what's your name? Captain Samantha Slaughter. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice to meet you, Karen. <laughs> Does somebody remember where we parked? Oh, I think it was underneath Prince Rookie's fall. Oh, that was one of their cars, and Rookie points at um, Captain Slaughter. Oh, thank God, because like I don't have insurance. We will be sending you a bill for that. Don't you have insurance? This is that's an act of God. I'm sorry, it's an act of God. We can't help you. That's what we're supposed to say, right? Yeah, getting thrown. I mean, he was thrown by somebody else. So if there's a liability case, it's really against Minder. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, our lawyers will talk to your lawyers. And uh, how, let me walk you to your vehicle. Let me just <laughs> make sure you safely arrive at your minivan. Well, she doesn't know you have a minivan. At your supercar. And she walks it's you out. Sh- yeah. Just give me a minute. Um, I need to use the bathroom first. Sure. Go ahead. As a professor leaves the room to do whatever he's doing he just hears like hey whose boots are these (laughs) at the various boots that are just lying on the ground still i mean if there's nobody's boots i guess there are boots now and we can just use them in the swole hole those boots are evidence thank you all right professor perilous um professor perilous comes back a few minutes later (laughs) interesting all right (laughs) so Captain Slaughter escorts you guys out to the parking lot if, if obviously, if you guys want to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, wait, does the Odyssey have um, a remote, like a key remote to lock it? Sure, that seems normal. Okay, because then Steven is going to be like pushing the lock button constantly to see if it'll do the little <laughs> beep beep. My after work ritual. Can there just be like three parking, three cars left in this lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as the Odyssey beep beeps, and you, you can see, you know, across the, the small parking lot, a few blocks away, the Aegis headquarters, and just as you approach your vehicle, you see a massive explosion balloon out at approximately the 18th floor. That wasn't me. And Captain Slaughter's radio immediately just starts going off. Professor Perilous leans in close to Prince Rugi and kind of under his breath says, now that is poetic. Mm. What? (laughs) Way too loud. (laughs) What's poetry? (laughs) You hear over the radio. We have an incursion at headquarters. All units report to headquarters. The vault has been breached. And told you, told you, you need to share at some point. (laughs) Captain Slaughter swears and looks at you guys and says, I am. Oh, God, what is it called? Pissed? What is it called when someone, like, takes over your car? Not carjacking. Commandeering? <laughs> I'm commandeering your minivan. I think this is actually a carjacking. We could just drive you there if you want. Fine, let's go. 
I guess, yes, Damon's going to drive. Okay. You guys, you know, start leaving immediately. So the streets aren't too crowded yet. But as you progress towards the skyscraper, you do see more and more Aegis security cars, you know, on the road, sirens blaring, whatever. But you manage to pull up in front of the front doors. How does Stephen pull in? Very cautiously. <laughs> you like, like a full parallel yeah. park, like, but like, but with multiple tries. Yep. Yeah, like 12, 12 tries. It's like a 12-point turn. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like in the back, Professor Press like, are you sure you just don't want to get get out and spot you? No, no, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I accidentally so many times. You're just distracting me. Captain Slaughter's pulling on the on like the, the back door, but the child locks are on. <laughs> so like, yep. <laughs> All right, you finally get it parked. It is like a foot and a half off the curb. Um <laughs> uh when you finally get out and she she kind of looks at you guys she goes might as well come with me there might be more supers okay if this is related <clears throat> just to be clear we are being hired for this one yes we haven't worked out the details of the contract with your particular franchise but if you're willing to allow it to fall under the previously approved contract with the society of seven for your franchise you will be paid for your time and expenses oh excellent is that something we can have like a memorandum of understanding on or anything like that? I have some templates here somewhere. Sure. Prince Ruki has already walked into the building. Yeah. Letting the adults talk. Yeah. So Captain Slaughter looks over your, your MOU, your memorandum of understanding, and uh, <laughs> make sure that it's only covering this particular incident and doesn't read very closely and just sort of signs. Okay. For this, for this incident, I want to make that clear. So it's not an ongoing, mm -hmm. but all right. And she goes, uh, follow me, and races inside. Okay. I assume we're all following? Yeah, I assume so. Correct me if I'm wrong. So you, as you guys run inside the building, you are, of course, fighting the flow of your average office worker leaving, you know, as, as people hurriedly evacuate the building. And when you get to the elevators, they are all called down to the first floor, as does happen in an emergency. And Captain Slaughter pulls a little, little key off of her belt and puts it in manual. And if you guys are with her, she says to you guys, we're going to go straight to the 18th floor. Shouldn't we take the stairs then? Wouldn't it be safer? You're not supposed to use the elevator in an emergency. We learned that in orientation. We are responders. We use the elevators in an emergency. Will the elevator still work if the 18th floor is blown up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to meet you guys up there. I'm just going to do some jumps through the stair system. I've got that far step thing, so I will definitely get up there faster than an elevator would. Have fun. Like, if you see us about to die, please stop us. Will do. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, Stace, just for you, that means that I, I, I'm essentially moving a long distance every six seconds up these stairs. Okay. And as you go into the stairs, it's probably a good thing that you are, because they are absolutely crowded by everybody attempting to evacuate mm -hmm. the building. So... Captain Slaughter lets you go. She turns the key. She sets it to go to the 17th floor, just in Casey's. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some elevator music starts. It's it's entirely inappropriate to the situation. It's a little bit too soothing. And as you arrive <laughs> at the 17th floor, the doors open onto kind of your average corporate office. You know, little, little half-wall cubicles. A lot of blue and gray and, you know, like shields and age of security, like painted on the wall and 
keeping you safe, their slogan also adorning various items, and is Professor Perilous heading straight to the 18th floor, I assume? Yes. So then Captain Slaughter will just quickly lead the other two up the stairs to the 18th floor. Mm. And when she opens the stairwell door to get back onto the floor, it's absolute chaos. There are flames, smoke, it's kind of choking. She pulls it's just like a small device out of her pocket and pushes a button and it forms this sort of mask that she puts over her own face. And where's Professor Perilous? Well, like I said, a long distance lead every six seconds is probably way faster than an elevator. So is Professor Perilous just like standing there, like looking at his nails? Like what is he? No, I think Professor Perilous is probably continuing past. I mean, if anything, Professor Perilous, like once he gets and sees where like the flames and stuff are, probably the only thing that he would do before he kind of leaps up to wherever opening he can see that's to the 18th floor is activate his residence field. Okay. So you guys arrive on the 18th floor. You can kind of see exactly where the explosion occurred. All that's really on this floor, there really aren't any cubicles. There's one security station. And in the middle of this floor, there's just one giant room with kind of walkway around it. And... It's, a, it's clearly a vault, and the vault door is just completely blown off of its hinges. There was a massive explosion, so the glass windows, which are floor-to-ceiling, are all also burned out in that vicinity, right out from where the vault door was, and flames are starting to creep into the vault at this time. Are there any injured personnel, any bodies around? There is one Aegis security officer who had been sitting at the desk. They are head down on the desk at this time. Prince Rugi is going to go pull them out of this situation, get them to the stairwell. Okay, you get them into the stairwell. Captain Slaughter heads right into the vault. I think Professor Perilous is following. He's very curious about what's in there. Okay, yeah. So she bursts into the vault. The walls are lined with, you know, different safes and bins and things like that. But in the middle of this room, there's a pedestal and the pedestal is empty and she says they've taken the chode (laughs) they've taken the what the chode (laughs) the chest of ancient design and now professor perilous being of a magical nature immediately knew what a chode was (laughs) 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 yeah very familiar with the chode over her radio you hear they're heading to the roof they have two black helicopters in the area All units respond to the roof. And she sort of just turns around and glares at you guys and she says, follow me. And she takes off. Okay. I feel like I have to ask. I'm not going to spend much time on this. But is there anything worthwhile in this vault that Professor Perilous would see? Like worth grabbing in the short term? Oh, I don't know. I'm not trying to steal it yet. I just want to know if I see anything there that he would immediately recognize. So, you don't see anything, but because you have, I can't remember what's called off the top of my head, but the ability that kind of lets you sense the weird, mm-hmm. you do sense something that's that's kind of weird, kind of dark, kind of magical in safe number 22. And that's a close safe right now, right? Most of the safes are damaged, right? Or at least the doors from the explosion, but this one does appear to be intact. Look heavy. The safe? It's like a safe deposit box, so it's like in the wall. Oh, okay. So it's it takes a key. You know, it's it's, it's not a... Yeah. I don't have super strength, so 
that's enough for Professor Perros. He's not going to investigate any further. Okay. All right. Anybody else want to look around? Ruby is following Captain Slaughter. Okay. So I will say that you do also see this burnt out pair of mech suit pants. Like just pants anyone can wear? They're just sort of sitting out. Yeah. Steven's going to kind of try on the pants. I'm imagining the uh, trousers from Walson Grimer. Same. And the wrong trousers. Actually, same. <laughs> they fit. Alex, for your awareness, they ease jumping tasks. Ooh. They are burnt out, so in whichever encounter you choose to use them, they will break at the end. Fair. Okay, cool. Just going to say it right now, Steven is still wearing his own pants inside of these pants. Naturally. <laughs> Sweet. And then what, you guys all heading up to the roof? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I like this. I like this, guys. I like this focus. All right, so you guys follow Captain Slaughter at this point. The stairs are pretty much clear up here, up this high, and you get up to the roof, which is the the 24th, or I guess it's like the 25th floor, right? It says 24-story building. And when you emerge, you see just chaos. There are Aegis security officers, you know, in, in their armor. They're fighting these black-clad spec ops types, like the same type of guys that were in the uh, toy store. You see two black helicopters, and you see one of the spec ops guys holding the chode. And the chode is a small chest. It is silver with, like, gold filigree on it. Uh, It is hand-sized. Like, you can carry it, like, with two hands. And at this moment, I would like to offer... Professor Perilous and XP. I'll take it. Yeah. Who are you giving the other one? Steven. Yeah, Steven and his magic bands. Okay. So, just like you could sense something inside of that safe deposit box, you could also sense something within this chode. And mm-hmm. as you sense it, the mini wormholes, the microscopic wormholes in your blood, which open tiny portals to the abyss, which provides you with your powers, begin breaking out and they begin opening and closing at an accelerated rate and you begin experiencing a high rate of power buildup and it starts to feel like it has to go somewhere but above all you feel as though and your connection to the abyss feels as though you must have this item it feels very similar but different to your own power Mm -hmm. and as this power builds up Daniel how does it manifest? Now, it's got to manifest in, like, a destructive way. Oh, I think given that, he's going to fire it all out at the figure holding the choke. <clears throat> all right. You're going to see if he can just, like, you know, wipe that guy out, get his hands off the choke, so that Professor Perils can maybe get reach out and touch the choke himself with the far step afterwards. Oh, so the very sight of the choke made you want to bust? Is that what you're saying? Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It, it's definitely explosive in nature. It's a release. <laughs> you did this, Stace. Don't, don't make that look. <laughs> oh, I'm not making a look. What are you talking about? I'm just going to make it worse. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, this power, yeah, you direct it. You direct some of it at this guy holding the chode. And we can say this guy's nothing but boots now as the chode clatters to the ground but also, you underestimated your ability to control this power, and it explodes from you in every direction and knocks everybody prone, including oh. everybody but Professor Perilous. So, including Captain Slaughter, Prince Rugi, and even 
Steven. What? <laughs> uh, do we take damage at all? Can I use the magic pants for jumping out of the way? You can use the magic pants for jumping out of the way. Yes. So to jump out of the way, because it is, you have to jump super high. So this is going to be a, essentially an amazing leap. So we are going to go ahead and set this leap because you have to jump so high. You probably have to jump like 35 feet. That is an impossible task. I'm going to set that to a 30, but you do have your jumping ease down to a 27. You do have your strength power shift, which drafted down to a 24. No, because we already agreed fly. he can't fly as a... So we're in a no, 20... he can't fly. No, no, he can't fly as a big person. Why not? Because the wings aren't as effective as a, when he's a big person. I, If you want to play like that, that's fine, Alex, but I viewed you have two power shifts into flight, and I, I don't want to limit when you're able to use that. I guess fine, but then we gotta... He's gonna damage his dress shirt. He's gonna have to go back to Ross. <laughs> so it's like a psychological yeah. thing. Technically, he can fly, but he... It's, oh, it's... Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Not, when, not human-sized, though. It's just, uh, just bad. It's discerning. I guess he's going to try, though, because like this seems like it's going to hurt a lot. So we'll do that. If you're going to fly, yeah, then you can just fly long distance straight up and you'll oh. be fine. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> Flying character took the jumpy pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wouldn't have uh, fit Rugi. Yeah. Rugi does have very short legs in the style of moles. Right. Mm-hmm. And these are like... Skinny like jeans. 30, 32, 34, or something like that. <laughs> and it's, it's adorable watching him eat. <laughs> so you're able to fly a long distance up. And I will say that using the pants, what that, what that does is, is allows you to get that initial burst out of the way. But yeah, Prince Rugi's knocked, knocked on his ass along with everyone else. No, no damage, just prone. All right. Except for Professor Perilous. I'm going to far step over to the chode and pick it up. Okay, you have attained the chode. And at this point, you know, different different soldiers and security officers and Captain Slaughter all standing back up. The helicopters, which were circling, were tossed a distance up in the air. They're kind of in the vicinity of even Steven at this time. And Captain Slaughter looks over at Professor Perilous and says, bring that here. Professor Perilous looks down at it for a second. Can I... So, I have training in magic, and you said I knew what the chode was. You know that it is some sort of... That it is emanating an energy which your blood likes. Okay. Can I roll something with magic to try to figure out what it is? Sure, to try and figure out what it is just based on how it feels and without any other closer examination is going to be a 30. Okay. I can't get that down far enough. Okay, so, yeah, I don't know. So, first of all, what are the other bad guys in Commandos? What are they doing? Yeah, so I'm glad you asked, because all the other bad guys in Commandos immediately train their weapons on you and uh, start Mm -hmm. heading in your direction. Okay. So, I smile at Samantha Slaughter, and I say, catch! And I toss the chode at her. Underhand. Ooh, she grabs it. Mm Mm-hmm. And immediately moves toward the stairwell. And at this time, let's just go ahead and roll initiative. Um, I got a four. Eleven. And Samson, you got what? Dexterity power shifts 
that gives me a bonus to initiate, right? So that's just adding plus three for each power shift. Right? Yes. Cool. Oh, 19, so 25. And then Alex has that too. And Alex has an ability that boosts her. So 7, 11, Alex, for you. And then okay. Daniel, you also had 11? Yes, I had 11. So out of the two of you, who wants to go first? Daniel. All right, so the barrels of these weapons just follow the chode over to Captain Slaughter. And as as she moves towards the stairwell, and they are going to attack her. So as these black-clad spec ops guys open fire at Captain Slaughter, she hands the box to one of her underlings and turns back and you see both of her arms transform into essentially Gatling guns. <laughs> oh, fuck yes. Nice. And she returns fire on black-clad spec ops soldiers and two of them fall to the ground. What does Prince Rugi do? So how many bad guys in this situation are still up? 23. Are we using air quotes at bad guys? Or actual bad guys. You guys are talking about the the black clad spec ops, right? Yes. The special ones? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what Rugi is going to do... So we're on a roof. Is there kind of... I don't know what you'd call it. Like a little shack? Like, it's not just like a flat roof and then falls off. There's like objects. Oh, yeah. There are objects. There there are communications towers. There's, of course, the little, I guess, like a shack thing where the door, like the stairwell goes upright and you open the door, Mm -hmm. get onto the roof. There's another smaller helipad that has an Aegis traffic helicopter parked on it. So there's roof stuff. Yeah. What do you you want to be on the roof? Something for Rugi to run into. What Rugi is going to try to do is spread his arms out and then charge through the densest part of these uh, spec op guys and then just try to like crush as many as he can into any solid enough object okay just to incapacitate them so right now the Aegis security officers are heading toward with the chode are heading towards the stairwell shack god I'm sure there's a name for these things but the the (laughs) elevator is available so are you heading them in that in that direction or are you going to try to push them through the Aegis security officers that are heading towards the stairwell so Prince Rugi doesn't really care about the show just because in his mind, all the Aegis people, they're on the good guy's side. So he's just trying to take out the, quote, bad guys. So he's not trying to get in the way of what the Aegis people are doing at the moment. He's just trying to take out the Black Ops guys. Okay. Spec Ops guys. So to push, um, how many, try, like half a dozen, We want? do we want to say? Yes. Let's all go right, you're going to push a half a dozen of these. Just like into a wall to incapacitate. Oh, them. just into the wall. You're not trying to push them into the like the door and like stuff them in. You're just No, yeah. Um, he's just basically doing like the classic strong man per thing where he just like gets a bunch of them and then just like crushes them against the wall. Okay. So to push six people uh, a, a short distance against the wall, I'm going to go ahead and call that a 27 to start. 27 to start. Dang. And bring back to 21. Can muscles of iron apply to this? Absolutely. All right. Then I'm going to do that and apply level of effort to bring it to uh, 15. Sweet. And I think it's dope. So take an asset. Ooh. Well, that's five. Okay. So. So I will spend an XP so that you can reroll that. So oh, you. That's a seven. Okay. 
So thanks. But sorry. It's okay. So you you barrel into the spec ops soldiers and they have surprisingly grippy boots. Like they're clearly wearing non-slip soles and just didn't anticipate that. So you didn't get quite the running start that you needed. And so about three feet from the wall, they managed to brace themselves and stop you. Oh, you guys are pretty good. <laughs> okay. Next up, Rugi. All of a sudden, everything around you turns dark. You can see nothing but darkness. Oh, but he has dark okay. vision. No, <laughs> it, does not, it does not penetrate. <laughs> okay, so that happened. All right. Professor Perilous, you have you have tossed the chode. Um, Jesus Christ. The... <laughs> The chest of ancient design, guys, get your minds out of the gutter, to Aegis. Captain Slaughter handed it over to some other guy as she is, you know, doing her best to eradicate these people. And that group of individuals is heading down towards, or or like heading towards the stairwell uh, outcropping. I don't know what the fuck they're called on the roof. You have two helicopters. They've sort of reoriented themselves and they're heading back down. You can see these spec ops guys hanging off the sides. What do you do? Wait, the bad guys are in the helicopters? Yeah. The bad guys are in the helicopters. Oh, I misunderstood. I thought those were security forces. Well, seeing that Rugi is over with the others, I am going to onslaught a helicopter. Go. <laughs> yes. Are you onslaughting the, the pilot or are you just trying to damage? Like, what are you what are you trying to do? Oh, I'm aiming for cockpit, but I'm trying to do maximum damage. So I'm not just trying to hurt the pilot. I'm also trying to hurt anything in the cockpit region. Okay, so this sounds a little bit like a power stunt. Mm-hmm. So it, what does it cost to do Onslaught Intellect? One. Okay, so I would say this would be... You can spend three additional intellect points to make it an AoE attack in the cockpit. Okay. And then you can apply edge to that, of course. Okay, sounds good. What is my target? Hmm, your target. 18. Okay, so I'm eased by two steps. So that is a that is a four. Oof! It goes wide, and the helicopters continue to descend. Now, even Steven, you're up there by the helicopters. What you doing? I guess. Ah, oh, oh, I guess Steven's gonna take his dual wield light ray guns and shoot a helicopter in the propeller. Nice. Is it a propeller? Sure. And it's whirly bird? I know what you mean. I think they're rotors. Okay, so to hit the rotor with your weapons, it is difficult. You're flying, they're flying. Everyone's so flying. Everybody. Everyone's flying. But it's, it's not crazy, so I would say a 15 here to hit. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Nat 20, it explodes. Okay, all right. You, you, miss, you miss the rotor, and you hit the, the fuel tank. And it just, just explodes. You see it. It's like a firework, right? You see the ball of flames. You feel the shockwave. And in fact, the shockwave sort of pushes you back and you tumble a little ways away from the action. But not only does this helicopter explode, but it starts to, you know, that the fragments start to fly everywhere and hits the other helicopter, which begins to plummet towards the roof and the people standing there. Sick. Okay. Oh my. I will give the table an XP. I know it wasn't a combo, but I think it's fucking dope. That exploded. Yes. That it exploded. Oh, yeah. So that's one XP that anybody can spend on the table. Sweet. Oh. Who wants to keep track of that? Uh, I've got it written down. So it's fine. Cool. Okay. 
Now you see Captain Slaughter. Of course, her hands have turned into, you know, these, like, Gatling gun things. But she also... You, you see her sort of start to, to transform, and, and she reaches out, and she grabs her sidearm, and she sort of absorbs it into her body, and then transforms completely into this double-barreled turret, which just starts firing across the roof. And all of the Spec Ops guys put their heads down, right, of course. Well, the ones who were fast enough, but, but 12 weren't. Oh, shit. Was Rugi in the line of fire of this? Nah, she ain't trying to hit friendlies. You never know. With a name like Slaughter, I just had to check. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta figure out how many guys are left. <laughs> okay, so there are five guys who are freely able to move, five Spec Ops guys, uh, not including the ones rapidly descending on the crashing helicopter. And then there are six, of course, with, with Prince Rugi. The other Aegis security officers managed to get into the stairwell with the chode, and you assume that they are descending. And we're back at the top. Prince Ruby, you can't see shit. Oop. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but not entirely unfamiliar to Prince Ruby. I guess for the moment, not really worrying about the source. Prince Ruby is going to try to attack what I assume is going to be considered a swarm. The swarm of Spec Ops yeah. dudes in front of him. All right. Prince Ruby is going to attack those guys in the darkness. And he's just throwing punches. So you're going to be hindered because you can't see. Mm-hmm. Unless Prince Ruby has something to negate that. I am trained in listening and also... I tried to, like, push them against the wall, so they're right there, right? Yes, they're all right there. Okay, so that that can ease the task, because they're all right in front of you, right? You've, you've kind of smushed them three feet from the wall. You didn't quite hit the wall. So that evens out for as a 12 before you apply anything else. don't think I have anything to it for attacking. Nope, so I think it's just a 12. I mean, it is melee, so it is might, so you can spend might effort. Or it's might or speed, actually. Might or speed. I'll add some speed effort. Okay. not doing anything else with speed. That's a 9. All right. That's a 19. That's what that is. Well. Okay, so what's your base damage? Oh, man. I'm attacking with the mitts, which are a medium weapon. So that's a four. Okay. And then I have two strengths, so that's a um, 10 okay. damage. M- muscles of iron do not apply. So do you want extra damage or minor effect? Would you like me to describe two options to you? Like what would happen? Sure. Okay, so if you don't apply for damage and you choose a minor effect, what's going to happen is their heads are going to all hit together. You are going to take care of four of them, mm-hmm. and two will remain standing. You could use your, your minor effect to cause those two to be dazed for a round and unable to act. Or if you did extra damage, then you would one more guy would go down, and it would cease being as you'd only have... So it's you would only have one guy left. So those are your choices. All right, I'm going to go with extra damage, take down five, and leave one open. Okay, so there is one left for now. Right. And, in fact, that is important to note because at this moment, the helicopter is descending rapidly toward the ground. And it's at this moment that, out of the shadows, steps a black-suited villain. Not like Spec Ops suit, but wearing, like... You can't even make it out. It's it's so shadowy. Carrying two blades. And actually, Prince Rugi can't see this because Prince Rugi's still in darkness unless they've moved. But Professor Perilous and even Steven, you can see that not only are they carrying these two blades, but also you see this blob of darkness surrounding Prince Rugi that you cannot see through at all. It looks just like a, a complete shadow, although there's nothing to cast it. And 
Let me see what uh, what kind of defense roll old Rookie needs to make. Okay, so go ahead and make me a 18 speed defense. Excellent. You're of course hindered because you can't see. Right. 21. Dexterity that applies to speed defense, right? Yes. Alright. Two in dexterity, so that's 15, 12, and then I am trained without armor, so that brings me to a 9. Go for that 9. 11. Nice. How does Prince Rugi evade these attacks that he can't even see coming? <laughs> well, Rugi is kind of a clumsy guy, so does any noise happen when uh, this shadow guy appears? No. Wow. The, like, okay. they, you can't hear any footsteps. You might hear the whistle of a blade. Well, I, th- I think then what happens is that Rugi's taken out these five guys. He can hear, like, the footsteps of the last guy standing. So Rugi like tries to step forward, like steps on someone's like leg, and then kind of like stumbles and rolls. And then, as Rugi is kind of like stumbling forward, Blade just like swish above and around him, completely missing him. And Rugi kind of like stumbles into the wall. Okay. And as you stumble into the wall, suddenly you can see again. And as you look behind you where you had once been standing, you do see this rapidly expanding ball of darkness. Up. Uh, okay. Oh, that, all right. I like how Ruby's just so casual and chill. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Professor Perry. Like staring right into the swole hole. <laughs> <laughs> staring onto the swole hole, lest the swole hole stares back at you. Oh, Jesus. We need Jesus. So there's a helicopter about to crash into the ground or into the roof. <laughs> that seems like a problem. Um, just maybe. <laughs> there's some sort of supervillain using shadow and stealth to attack. Professor Perilous, what do you do? Ribbons of Dark Matter, where that supervillain is. Ooh. So, how... So, you're going to be hindered in terms of aiming and placement, because you simply cannot... Even though it bursts out in an immediate range? Around you? No, around uh, anywhere I can see within a short distance. The problem is is that you cannot see... Mm, So I'm guessing a bit. Okay. ...this villain. You did see Mm -hmm. them emerge from shadow. Mm Mm-hmm. And you saw that they themselves appeared to be a shadow for the brief moment that you could see them. But now now you cannot see them at all. Can I just center it in that darkness? Sure can. And you just do, right? You just do it. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, yep. the, there are tendrils of dark magic. Please help me remember that, Daniel, next time. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this turret continues its sweep. And our Captain Slaughter continues its sweep. And takes out not uh, Prince Rugi's last guy, but the other spec op guys. But now the helicopter crashes into the roof. It explodes. There's a massive shockwave. I'm going to need everyone to make a 24. I could, I would accept speed or might defense if you can narratively justify it. Brain did might defense. Cool. Rugi's going to do speed. You said 21 or 24? Four. Four. Okay. Is my resonance field still up? I think so. Hmm. I don't know, unless there's a reason it wouldn't be. So then it would be intellect defense for me instead. So that's 21, and I'll spend both effort. Just short, 70. Okay. So with my power shifts, my training, applying a level of speed effort brings it to a 12 for Prince Ruby. Okay. Goddamn this dice in sevens. All right, got a seven. Even Steven. You're in the air. So I'm going to go ahead and say that 
This task is eased one step for you, so that'll be a 21. And you have a power shift in dexterity, so that'll be an 18. You can use either speed or might. Now, <laughs> I think I'm just gonna use a level of might and then roll it. Okay. So what, 15 now? Yeah. You got an add 20 on this die. Yeah. I love my Ouija die. All right, so of course you evade easily the shockwave, the flame, just the debris. Hell yeah. Looking super cool, but not, like, everything except his face looks super cool. His face is just like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> the building shudders and sways as the helicopter hits it and explodes. Your friends are unable to evade the fallout. What would you like for major effect? Free level of effort for dodging for like a little bit? No. We can do better than that, don't you think? Okay. Can we? This is a major narrative effect. So, you've got two two problems. One, your friends are going to take six might damage each. Two, the building is shuddering and swaying and was not built to withstand helicopters crashing into the roof necessarily. Uh, not to mention, there was already an explosion on the 18th floor. I'm thinking a superhero universe, they would plan for something. Yeah, like oh, but this is Venture City. Supervillains never come here. But most buildings in like California need that like built-in sway motion for earthquakes. Wouldn't you think that would be like mandatory for buildings in a superhero universe? Like that mandatory explosion wiggle? Ah, oh, but this is the second explosion. It withstood <laughs> the first one. It was up to code to that Always point. The second explosion. <laughs> it was doing okay. And then it happened again. Oh, no. Okay. I guess maybe add a little cushion to that to that six damage for everyone else. Like, maybe take it down a notch. Take it down a notch. Sure. Three might damage for your friends. Yay! That's better, right? That is better. Let's do that. That is much better. Does the armor apply? Yeah. But Prince Ruki has the power shift and resilience, so it's only two for him. But you do feel... The roof lurch alarmingly mm. as one side drops downward, but then stops. So it's like this. It's like it's like uh, slanted now. Oh, shit. Let me get a speed defense from everybody to see how well you do to not fall off this roof. Oh, but I'm flying. You're fine, then. Aha! Um, everybody standing on the roof. Loophole! What is the turret? Oh, yeah. I guess that's probably... I mean, uh, free... No, 12. Ruby rolled a 10. Oh, I got a 17. Okay, so Professor Perilous manages to hang on. But, Prince Rugi, you begin sliding down towards the edge of the roof. And as you reach the edge, you're a superhero. So, of course, you're going to try to take some sort of action. So I will give you a 12 difficulty task to remain on the roof. Now, which pool that comes from is going to be decided by how you try to not fall over the lip of this roof. I think... Given Rugi's clumsy nature, he starts rolling and then at the last possible minute puts a power gloved hand into the roof and grabs on, or at least tries to grab on right at the right at the ledge of the roof. So I guess might. Twelve. Well, with the mitt and the power shifts, that's six. No, three. Okay. Ten. So. How does Rugi latch on? Describe that. He just like puts a almost his entire forearm into the roof, grabs on, and then, like, the rest of his body kind of, like, flies off the edge of the roof for a second, and then he, like, comes back to the, I guess, outside of the building and then, like, pulls himself up. Oh, holy shit. So I... Got a workout today. 
we are going to go ahead and end initiative now. Whatever shadowy figure was involved here, you cannot see them, and the darkness that they introduced, generated, is has now dissipated. And it is you guys, a bunch of dead spec ops soldiers, damaged communications towers and helicopters on top of this alarmingly slanted roof. What do you do? You okay, Rugi? I'm fine. Shoulder's a little sore, but I'll be all right. And Rugi's going to start getting, if there's any, like, living people, whether they're good or bad guys, he's going to start getting them out of the way. <laughs> if they're still living. Rugi's going to try to rescue everyone to get them out of the building. Okay. Um. So... You can do that. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, most of the people are already out of the building. You do see a couple of Aegis security officers who who appear to be unconscious but alive near the stairwell. They took some shots, and it is completely within your abilities. Steven's air supporting, like, pointing them out, like, there's one, there's one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Come on, Professor. This is part of the hero work. I know, I know. I'm coming. Do we, like, call the city to, like, deal with the building almost collapsing would we have would this be a point where we would like call one of the big seven and see if they can like secure the building from falling over what's retold at some point that we could call the seven? Oh yeah you definitely can as a franchise of the society of seven but they are in new york city and it's going to take them a little bit of time to send somebody but at the moment the the building seems somewhat stable. It is not in the active process of collapsing at, at this moment. Okay. It was just the roof that was slanting. Yes. Oh, okay. So we're not in a precarious Jenga tower moment. I mean, it's not safe, but it's not actively... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say there are five injured and unconscious age of security officers on top of the roof still. They've slid... You know, and they've gotten caught in various places. You know, one's like wrapped around the base of a cell tower. One managed to get caught up on the lip of the roof uh, and is almost has almost rolled off. One of their arms is dangling uh, and the others are in, in various similar poses. You guys are definitely going to be able to rescue them, but I would like to hear how you guys do that. Prince Rugi's doing the Mr. Incredible thing and just has like a stack of like six guys just like on his shoulder mm-hmm. and he's just easily carrying them up and down the stairs. Well, down the stairs. Yeah. Professor Perilous will sort of leap around and will help Rugi kind of get them situated onto his shoulder appropriately. What about even Steven? Kind of pushing people, like, with a broom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so as you guys step into the stairwell and you're, and, and you're about to close the door behind you, you see, flying up around the edges of the building, Asia security officers in exosuits. I mean... You know, it's like Iron Man, but mm. different. Mm. So, and and they seem to be doing work to try to hold up and stabilize the building. Were there any Spec Ops guys that were still alive? Yeah. Yep. There's one slightly unconscious guy remaining. The one that you did not kill. All right. Rookie is going to grab him and then kind of like hold him up, probably by his like leg to Pref- Professor Perilous. Hey, maybe this guy knows some stuff about what the fuck that all was. Can you uh, can you ask him some questions, Professor? Sure. Professor will reach over and sort of slap his face until he wakes up. <laughs> We're doing this in the lobby, by the way. Ground floor. Mm-hmm. Where it's safe. Okay. 
you've gotten down. Okay, so let me describe just one thing then before you guys get out. Uh, so you guys get down with no no real problem. You scoop up a few additional people on the way, you know, make sure people are, are leaving. And you get down into the lobby and you see the further down the building you go, the more and more Aegis security officers are swarming the place. And there are hundreds or far more than you would expect for a city as quote unquote safe as Venture City. They're all there and they are armed and they're moving through the building, clearly just making sure there are no additional bad guys in the vicinity. And as you get down into the lobby, you know, you see that at some point you you didn't quite notice when, but Captain Slaughter is now back into her her normal human form and seems to be sort of coordinating the activities. And she looks over and she sees you guys and she says, oh, good. The chode is being taken uh, to a secure location along with several other of our high value items in that vault. Oh, I, I see you have one of them. We we can take custody. We can take custody of. Is he alive? Uh, <laughs> I think so. And then Ruby just kind of like shakes him a little bit until he hears like a moan or something. You hear a moan and like a, like a cough choke. It spits out one of his teeth that clatters to the floor. Yeah, he's alive. Uh, we're going to ask him some questions first. Professor? <laughs> so Professor kind of like winks over at Smith Slaughter and then leans down and looks at the face and like forces his pupils to do that weird thing again where they slide around his eyes and says, who sent you to steal the chode? He spits. That was a bad, bad idea. And so Professor Perilous stands up and says, if I could just have another minute. And he takes out a piece of chalk and starts carefully drawing a circle around this guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Professor Perilous, I appreciate what you're doing here. And Captain Slaughter kind of looks around. It's not exactly regulation, what you're doing. So I have to deal with a lot of stuff. If you want to question him, take it to the back. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, he deliberately runs his foot through the circle he just made to Chalk. So it's like, come on, Rugi, let's take him over to the back. Okay. <laughs> Rugi brings him. Yeah, yeah. So now you back. guys are in a private location. Okay. So I once again slowly draw the circle around him and start also adding a bunch of mystic symbols and whatnot. Just hold him still, Rugi. Just yeah, your hand will be fine. But as long as he's mostly in the circle. <laughs> Prince Rugi again. Holding this guy by his leg is like stock still as this guy is like probably squirming around trying to get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even Steven just tagging along? Yep. Okay. Cool. Is Captain Slaughter with us? No, she's she didn't have time to deal with your Fair enough. There is a collapsing building. Or a building in danger of collapse. So clearly you saw what we did to your friends, and you know, that's troublesome. Sometimes to get information though, slower ways of achieving the same results are better. And he just continues to draw more symbols. Uh, you, you don't, you don't, you don't scare me. You, you have no idea who we were, and if you, who we work for, and if you did, you would run far, far away from Venture City. I'm sure it's very scary. Can I do an insight roll to see if he's scared? If he's lying about not being scared? Oh, sure. Six intellect. That is a nat twenty. Oh, he is not cool. He is <laughs> freaked. Out. He has just seen a lot of shit. What would you like for your major effect? I would like two assets or more if you're feeling generous on this bit of intimidation I'm about to do. Oh, yeah. Just uh, just describe it. You are able to you, you will succeed at intimidating this. You know, the trick to this ritual is that you have to make sure that you do it right so that the person stays alive. But the best part is, is that, you know, the energy and I'm pulsing some dark energy Like, so for you guys to know, like, 
what I'm doing is bullshit. Like, this would not work magically. He has no power to do this, but he knows magic enough to make it convincing. And he says, like, this is an effective circle. Um, one of its favorite things to do is the entity it's tied to, you wouldn't be able to understand its name if I said it. It likes to work by slowly removing the skin to start with. Can Prince Rugi make an insight check? Because... I don't think we've worked long enough together for Prince Ruby to know that this is a ruse and Prince Ruby's not that bright. Okay. Steven just looks sick. sick. Um, so these will be opposing roles, unless... Oh, and I'm trained. Could I give them an asset by winking at Ruby? Sure. So... And Ruby is trained in seeing through deception, ooh. which I forgot. So Ruby will get a plus three uh, to their intellect roll, and then Daniel, go ahead and you roll as well. What am I rolling for? I'm not trying to hide it from them. I'm just trying to hide it from this dude. Oh, I don't know how to resolve an insight check between two PCs without it being opposed. I don't know what I would set for your difficulty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. So I guess we'll just see if Rugi is smart enough to interpret the wink. So yeah, so we'll just say, like, with the wink, it's a nine for Rugi to understand the situation. Okay. I rolled a six, and I can train and see through deception, so that's a nine on the dot. Awesome. Okay. You might not know what exactly is bullshit and what is real, but you understand that uh, Professor Perilous is engaging in intimidation. Professor Perilous sees Ruby about to say something, and then <laughs> you see, like, the gears start to turn, and Ruby's just like, um, uh-huh, yeah, listen to this guy. <laughs> is, even, is even Steven helping at all with the intimidation? No, even, well, what, even Steven looking, like, violently ill... By this idea, help and intimidation, like... Oh, uh, even Steven looks just, like, so concerned about what's... Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. All right. After the mention of slow removal of skin, you know, he's already trying to hold back tears, and this guy just starts starts absolutely crying, his whole body's shaking, and he says, it, they'll... Either way, I'm dead, I guess. Uh, the, it, I don't know who it is. I, they're, they're, they call themselves the Circle. They have a circle. Yeah. Um, all I know is, you know, I only engaged with like a couple of their their security uh, folks. So who hired us out? We're, we're contractors. Uh, we're with uh, we're with Merck. You've probably heard of us, Merck. And and all I know is that they're they have this logo. Um, it's like a it's like a drawn circle. It's 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 like it's, it's this orangish yellow color. I don't know who they work for. I don't know what they want with this. We were just supposed to get the box. And get out. Do any of these terms mean anything to us? The circle, Merc. You would have heard of Merc. Merc is a uh, goons for hire. Goons for hire. They're they're they also engage in some organized crime. They're present in multiple cities, so you would have heard of Merc, and and you wouldn't necessarily be surprised to encounter them here. For the circle, you have never heard of the circle, nor have you seen a logo that looks looks like that as described. I'd be more worried about the circle that I'm drawing here. I, I don't know anything else. Uh, please, please, uh, just just let me go. I, it was just a job. It was just supposed to be a, be a, be a, a quick grab, you know, a smash and grab, and, and we were supposed to get out of here and it wasn't supposed to be a problem. Everyone was supposed to respond to the toy store. No one was supposed to be here. Oh, it's too bad we killed all the friends over there. Even Bobby? Bobby's dead? I don't know. What did Bobby's boots look like? I didn't leave anything else. <laughs> and he just starts absolutely bawling and sobbing. Tears Aww. and snot are drip. He's upside down. So dripping off of his forehead onto the ground. And he is just insensate. You're, you're like, it's, you're not getting any more out of this guy. Well, I guess that's it. I guess we hand him over to security. Rugi like 
pulls this guy right side up and just gives him a big hug as we leave the room. Just like, there, there. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe get a different job and you won't lose your friends. He just collapses to the ground straight on his ass. He's hugging his knees. He's... Oh. As you leave the room, you see several agent security officers that you can direct to this guy, if you would so desire. Captain Slaughter, Ron? Yep, Captain Slaughter. She's, she's like, she's got like half dozen people surrounding her. She's got a clipboard. She's got a radio. She's on her cell phone. Like, she's, she's very busy, but she is there. Mm. Excuse me, uh, Captain Slaughter, Megatron, whatever. <laughs> um, the, uh, apparently they were sent by the circle, if that means anything to you. It doesn't. Listen, uh, I've got a lot to do here. Hospitals are overwhelmed. The building might be collapsing. I can't remember what I did for her voice. Uh, so listen, r- write a full report of your interrogation. Send it over. Once we receive that in your report of the incident, uh, we will you know, send it over with the bill and and we'll go from there. I have Brittany reach out to me. She knows how to get a hold of me. All right. Okay. And she immediately turns away. She's got like 15 people calling her name, the mayor on the phone so on i guess we head out to our honda odyssey <laughs> <laughs> which is still there and you know surrounded now at this point by by varieties of of cop cars but you can get out you know <laughs> ruby at one point just like lifts up the honda and like walks it like through some of the um denser mm-hmm. cop cars and puts it down on the other side awesome absolutely so at this point you guys uh, you know we're, we're we're closing out so You'll head back to the secret base. You'll do your final scenes. So narratively, however you want this to play out, just go ahead and describe it. As we're driving back to the base, Rugi and even Steven hear a little, like, tinny toy, like, Rah! and <laughs> Professor Perils is playing with one of those Chaos Elmo toys that he swiped <laughs> in the <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I I just had a mental image of like even Steven being like, stop that, or I'll turn the car I'll turn out. the car out. <laughs> 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 it's not funny anymore. Uh, uh, I'll tell Brittany. But look at look at look at this guy. He's so he's so cute. He knows how to get information out of people, doesn't he? And he pulls a little string and he goes, Rah! raises up his arms with the flame again. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, what else? I think, yeah, even Steven is just like, stop it. I'm trying to concentrate. You don't know how hard it is to drive this thing. I have to go to Ross. I ruined my shirt. Wait, should we go to Ross now? Do they have anything? I think they're having a sale. Can we get food wherever we go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, there's like a food court near there. Yeah. But yeah, let's, let's just go now. Let's go now. Let's go now. Fine. I could do a soft pretzel. Ah. <sighs> Actually, yeah, salsa pretzel would be really nice. Ooh, and then they have those hot dog ones. Ooh, yeah. For Rugi's final scene, he just orders an absurd amount of food. <laughs> and then when asks, when asks for money, Rugi just kind of like tilts his head and then rummages through like his sack and then just pulls out this like raw, huge diamond. Just like, is this money? And then just puts that on the counter and then takes the food and then just goes and pigs out somewhere in the food court. Okay. The employee reaches out and picks up the diamond, looks left, looks right, <laughs> puts it in her pocket. Hell yeah. Alright. You're, uh, so, essentially at this point, you know, you're at the food court, 
or you can be back at the base, right? Brittany's collected your report and so on. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think any of us would have written that report. <laughs> your verbal report. Oh, sure. Like a debriefing. All right. So, all these mm. things have happened. So, um, even Steven. Yes. What is your final scene? I think he's in the Ross, just like going through, like, I feel like I've never actually been to a Ross. I've only been to like Marshall's TJ Maxx. I honestly don't even know what you're talking about. It's like a discount clothing store that's similar, like okay. overstock. But I feel like he's like digging through like the clearance, like dress shirts, like as a bin. <laughs> and eventually he's just like crying because he he'd only find like weird colored shirt dress shirts for work. And he's just he's not having a good day because like he killed somebody, killed several somebodies. <laughs> And then he feels like Rugi's going to eat all the soft pretzels. He probably did. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I dig it. And then what about Professor Perilous? So Professor Perilous is in the base, and he's got his notebook out and is just jotting things down. Like, he's got the note about the circle. He's got a note about the chode and at least his initial observations of the chode. He's marked down the safe number, 22, from the the uh, secure vault at Aegis Security. And he is jotting down a few notes that are, like, a lot of this isn't in, even in English. It's in whatever mystical text that he's worked with before. And uh, as he's looking at it, he pulls out the MOU <laughs> that he had Samantha Slaughter sign and he holds it up and he starts slowly blowing against it and so, until some ink shows up near the end of the agreement offering as a bonus for completing that the franchise will get to select one item from the secure vault at that location Okay, as an, a piece of equipment in good faith awesome cool so uh, you guys faced off with Minder and Shrike and the Circle's goons. Uh, you disarmed a bomb. You saved a toy store. You recovered a dangerous object and secured it with the uh, authorities. So I don't know if we will do another one shot of this like we did with Stars Are Fire. But if we do, each of you has two XP. Dope. Okay. Cool. And... Yeah, this is where we'll end the episode. Woohoo! Hell yeah. Samson. Not bad for you guys, I'd say. Listen, this is my first time trying not to kill everyone. I was so proud of you, <laughs> Alex. I'm going to be honest. I was like, low chaos, go, go, go. We're playing this. Um, I guess because this is the end of our first time playing Claim the Sky, I think I want to hear, be able to hear from everybody. So just real quick, um, Samson, what was something that you did? Dug? Dugged? Uh, I'm a big fan of the power shifts because mm -hmm. they, they really do like add a lot. And then it really did feel good to like make some of these uh, high difficulty rolls with these until my dice betrayed me. And then, well, mm -hmm. oh well. You guys' dice did give me some concern with the final encounter, but I will say that you guys were very creative and I loved it. And you negated a lot mm -hmm. of... Maybe danger that you didn't even know it was there just through your... I thought you guys were very clever, personally. Cool. Alex? I enjoy the idea of superheroes being normal and how it's just kind of like kind of a casual thing for people to be like, yep, 
just a giant mole man. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And just like kind of playing with the idea of like, what do you do when like superpowers are normal and people are just doing what they're doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I thought that you played even Steven really well as someone who's like, oh, shit, I have these surprise powers. And I feel like reacts much more like maybe I would react or like a normal person react in real life. <laughs> yeah, we all want to be like that. Oh, I suddenly got powers. I'm going to go save everybody and do the right thing. But I was just like, you know, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably be vomiting in the corner. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Daniel, what what do you like about Claim the Sky? What did you enjoy? Like Samson said, I really like the power shifts, especially for superheroes. Like you just want everything to feel more epic. So you want things to be incredibly difficult. And it's interesting too. Like I feel like you would get that sense, whatever, but it especially is very apparent, like coming from other Cypher System games, you know, where you're not used to having those and then having them available. Like it it definitely is it feels very cool to to do that. I like that quite a bit. Offline, some of us have played like the the horror version where you the stay alive, where the vampires have power shifts and things like that. But for whatever reason, the power shifts for vampires, I don't think necessarily like at least clicked for me. But the power shifts on the superheroes clicked, even though the rules are basically the same for whatever reason. It just there's a little bit that made made it much more clear what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that they've been refining that and they're thinking about how to do it in the rules. Yeah, and I, I feel like those were definitely the difference because yours are tier one. Like your pools aren't that big. No, they are not. No, I, no. I, I, I was down to one might point at the end. Oh, holy shit! Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to be clear, at the end of this adventure, I had one might point, nine speed points, and eight intellect left, and that's after three recovery rolls. Cool. Well, I I enjoyed running it. It was super fun. So, thank you guys for doing this one shot. And now we will go ahead and move to our player intrusion, which is a segment we do each week where one of us recommends something that is cool as fuck. Samson, what you got? I got this little comic called Odyssey by Matt Fraction and Christian Ward. Odyssey spelled O-D-Y-C. This is a beautifully illustrated, beautifully written, gender flip version of the Odyssey, which is the first volume, but then it kind of goes into like... The Iliad? A little bit. It references some of the events of the Iliad, but basically this is happening like after Troy has been sacked or whatever. Okay. Later volumes also include the Oristaya or versions of the Oristaya, a little bit of Arabian Nights. And this is such a cool fucking comic. Listeners won't be able to see this, but this is the kind of art that you get. Oh, So that's a depiction of uh, Prometheus being bound to what is a planet. And it's just this, like, sci-fi retelling. Yeah, that's an important thing. It's all in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I really like the first volume in particular because the first volume is written in iambic pentameter. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a cool fucking comic. You follow Odyssea in this world as she tries to get back home. And it's in this uh, universe where, like, all men, in quotes, all men have been, like, wiped out completely because Zeus decided no men for reasons I can't quite remember. And then you just see um, Odyssea just go through all the classic Odyssey episodes. She deals with the Cyclops, mm-hmm. a version of Circe. What else? Uh, Island of the Lotus Eaters is in here. I highly recommend this comic, especially the first volume. I think you can also get the whole story in one kind of big... Omnibus. Omnibus, that's the word. Thank you. And yeah, this is 
a beautiful comic. I wish they had continued it, but I guess they can only do so much cool shit for so long. Burn bright, but don't burn long, you know? Uh, so yeah, Odyssey, O-D-Y-C. Highly recommend it. So fucking cool. If you guys want to talk to us about some of this cool comic shit, we have a website, explorerswanted.fm. From there, you can find all our socials to talk to us on. On Twitter, we are at Explorers Wanted. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. If you want to talk to us directly, we have a Discord that's pretty cool. Explorerswanted.fm slash Discord will get you there. But if you want to do more than talk to us, if you want to support us financially, we have Patreon. Patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted. Go there, support us. You'll get some cool stuff, probably. Or if you just want to get a discount off Dice, we have a Dice affiliate code, Explore, with an exclamation mark at the end. Get you 10% off your order at Die Hard Dice. Absolutely. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing that you could do for us is to tell a friend and tell them why you like the show and why they should listen to it. The second best thing is to leave us a five-star rating and review on a podcast directory, like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Stitcher especially if you're really specific about what you like about it. Those kinds of reviews have the biggest influence in us attracting listeners. If you didn't like the podcast or if you just thought it was meh, well, when you feel that throb in your temples and can feel something like your pulse pounding in your ears, understand that this is not your blood. It is not your heart. It is the staticky whisper of long, etheric fingers being run idly against the folds of your brain. So stay still. They are attracted to movement, and you don't want them to squeeze. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Twitter at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Windu. Talk to me about Odyssey at Slam Potato. I kind of want a brain massage right now, just saying. <laughs> I'm at Real Tea Unicorn on Twitter and Tea with Unicorn on Twitch. Just like get in there, work those folds. All right. Thank you to everyone for listening. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. bye.